Hey guys! Hello! Today we are talking to Dylan Ryan. They are a curator and artist based in Limerick, but originally from Cork, and a good friend of ours. We chatted about their involvement in the arts, both as a printmaking student and now as a graduate. We spoke about their artistic practice and their interest in theatre and performance. There was so much to talk to Dylan about, and we really hope you enjoy it. Enjoy! Hi Dylan! Hey Dylan, welcome! Okay. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. Me too. Are you about to ask the first question? I think so, guys. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> so, Dylan, to start out, we're going to ask you about, were you a creative child? Yes and no, controversially. <gasps> I had a best friend in primary school, mm-hmm. and she was the, like, art one of the class. Okay. So I, like, kind of talked along to her, and I was like, you're incredible, and I love what you Aww. do. I'm your biggest fan. And her family were really creative. Mm-hmm. So I'd go over to her house and we'd like do little crafts and bits and bobs. Mm. But in school, oh my God, I hated everything. I did not like paint. I did not like markers, crayons, anything. Really? Mm. I just didn't like the mess of it all. Yeah. But in maybe like fourth class, we had to draw what we wanted our future career to be. And this memory is very vivid that I drew a shop window of like a clothing fashion store um, and designed the dresses in the window and I was like that's my future even though I hated art well, not hated art but I was like it's not for me but then you're like none of this messy stuff I'm gonna have a shop <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have a shop where I sell clothes that I make yeah. Yeah. so more designy yeah than oh, art yeah. but I don't know yeah not the biggest art person, but really admired the people around me mm. who were really arty or creative. Mm. Best friend, really arty. Great Halloween costumes, won the like school contest every year. Oh, um, another friend who was like pro acting, so was an in- admiration of her. We were paired together for like a contest type of thing where we had to do an audition for an external examiner. Mm. And I was like, we slayed that, but maybe she slayed that. <laughs> and I was just there no, in the room. Oh, you lie. I'm um, sure you did do great. Thank you. Yeah. I did really like theatre and acting. Like, I was in every school play. Mm. I was in everything that had a costume because I liked to dress up because I'm that person. And it's all about me. <laughs> but I wasn't into the art classes, really, until probably secondary school. Interesting. Yeah. So then... Going to art college, obviously, after all the hating is. <laughs> yeah. Did you have fashion in mind going in? Yeah. I went to all of the open days for colleges. I went to the degree shows for like three years before I went to an actual art college mm. to study. Mm-hmm. I was biased for LSID mm-hmm. because my art teacher in secondary school went there and he was a legend. Shout out to John Ahern. But... I knew the reputation LSAT had for fashion mm. and that it was one of the best in the like country. So I wanted to go there to study fashion. And I did it for first year. We do the elective, which I'm sure you talked about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I did print, sculpture and fashion. Decided on fashion for the six week mm-hmm. end of year project mm-hmm. and leaned into that a lot. But surprise, I graduated printmaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm another printmaker, guys. (laughs) Brought to the dark dark side. (laughs) (laughs) So, realistically, it came to the end of first year and they provided a materials list. And I was very, 
I did not have yeah. good money behind me mm-hmm. to go to college. Mm-hmm. It was all kind of self-funded mm-hmm. or as much as it could be. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't buy the materials. So I just went to the fashion tutors and was like, this isn't realistic for me. And they were like, what are you thinking about going into? I said print. And then I said, why I was thinking print? Went to print tutors, spoke to them about it. Mm-hmm. And then realized that print was probably the right call for me. Mm-hmm. My secondary school teacher, again, was a print graduate from LSAD. Mm. So again, biased. I kind of knew that I was going to do print subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like, let me Bottom live my fashion steps. dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Because yeah. I feel like print is one of the messiest of the disciplines. So going from a child who hated mess to yeah. being in print is interesting. Mm. My I did a PLC before going to art college. And that was very heavily printmaking based. Okay. Um, well, my like approach yeah. to the project was I got into LSAD before doing the portfolio course. I just did okay. it for the fun to see if I liked art. Nice. Again, didn't want to commit to mm. art because of you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you, so did you. Did you think I want to see for a year? How yeah, feel, I want to see if it's like right for me. Hmm. Um, and it was. Hmm. But I, again, shout out to great printmaker Debbie Godsell. She was the print tutor in... The PLC I went to, Claude Stefan Nefa in Cork, it kind of like sunk my love for it. For my PLC, I did printmaking on fabrics primarily and did essentially what my child fashion dreams were. I made for the end of year graduation display a like shop front of my own designs. Oh, yeah, so full circle. A little full circle moment. Sweet. Crazy. Yeah. So you mentioned that fabric is still. A thing that you, you carried through from the PLC. Yeah, so I liked the fashion elements and textile module, I guess, that I did in the PLC. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring that through to printmaking as well. I still really love fashion. I still try and design clothes, particularly costumes, is my main area of exploring fabric. I love to print on fabric primarily rather than paper. Mm-hmm. Not that I hate printing on paper, just for me... I think I gravitate more towards fabric because it works with my aesthetic and my conceptual ideologies and my work. Mm-hmm. And would you be what processes would you been drawn to most? Mainly screen print. That mm-hmm. was kind of my biggest one used throughout the four years of college. Mm-hmm. Monoprint as well. I did a bit of the other ones like etching and lithography, but cyanotype I did bits of cyanotype mm. I guess the ones that lend themselves to fabric more were the ones you were yeah I kind of I tried to do lithography on fabric and it did look gorgeous but Ooh. it was not worth it yeah. <laughs> it took way too long and then the fabric wouldn't move and you get really mad <laughs> at a rock Extra level of hell. Lizzo is so yeah. good when it goes right, and then mm. otherwise it's just like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were great at screen print. I remember being like, "Whoa!" Like there were some Thank really you. nice things that came out of it, and you printed on a mirror. I love a bit of alternative surfaces. I think. Yeah. Um, I leaned into screen print in second year because I was a bit of a nerd, and I saw the older years learning screen print mm. especially um cmyk mm. like color halftone printing mm-hmm. and i said what are they up to <laughs> and then went did the research myself learned how to do it nice. was doing it in um second year and yeah. they were like how did you learn that we just learned it now and i was like it's coming out wrong but i'm a nerd and i like to learn <laughs> yeah you're like i'm advanced literally i remember in my in my screen print 
I had some sort of audition going and I was like, this is bad. I was like, this is not going to be it and I will be bad if this is my audition. Oh, um, it was just not right. I had wanted to have this certain idea and then my actual one that ended up being the, I think I, for most of my things in print, like, you know, you, I learned like screen and then litho at separate times for me. Mm-hmm. It would I would always go like outside of the time that I was supposed to be oh, there yeah. and be like, no, I'm just doing it both. <laughs> Stay a little longer. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I'm still um, I ended notes. up doing it, but it was yeah. I think I did. I did do CMYK as well. Only then because I was like, of course I'm gonna. I want to know. I want to learn it all right yeah. now. These three weeks or however long it was. Yeah, I was a big nerd in second year yeah. and first year. I like mm. spent all of my time in college, <laughs> but I just was eager to learn and like explore processes mm-hmm. and when I decided that I liked art finally I said <laughs> okay this is my whole being <laughs> my whole personality is art yeah uh-huh. I know I remember and you're so into like I remember you like know all the people as well like in the college you're like Bob will help you with this this person will help you with this like you know the different tutors or just you know in your first, people yeah in first people. year I like learned who everybody was yeah, because you work with different tutors and like your friends work with other tutors so you kind of know what tutors do what disciplines and mm-hmm. how people benefit you mm-hmm. also learned make the technicians your best friends yeah, because yeah. they're the ones with so much power <laughs> yeah yeah um, you literally love that yeah yeah, yeah. Those your tips to me. You're like, do this. And I was like, I'm doing it. It's fine. I love them anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like you're so eager to learn and like, yeah. like really like wanting it, you know? Yeah. yeah. When I was in first year, you get given a word as a topic. Mm-hmm. Our word was now. Mm-hmm. And I explored it through printmaking and collage almost exclusively. Mm. But we were told we were not allowed to print. So I set up a lino studio in my little studio space and then I went to Des McMahon with that and said look I did Lino we are our final thing is due in two weeks I want to do screen print here's my design Mm. and he was like why are you doing this dragged me down to the studio (laughs) printed it with me and then I was everyone was just like why did you do screen print and I was like I have a have secrets I have a friend Oh, I would be, Des would come in and like at the time, um, he would come in for, for his own tutor, for his own students and I would just, he'd be like, Does, is everyone else, is, how are you doing? And I'd be like, no, I'm not doing well. I need you right now. Like, I didn't even know. I think I would have done that just because he's so great. I would just have done that. Yeah. 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 He You've... comes up in most episodes. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> give, so, give the people who deserve big, their like, flowers. to Des's episode. <laughs> Yeah, so my degree show was called Fourth Wall Follow Spot. And by the time fourth year came around, we went through the pandemic. We missed two years or a year and a half of college, essentially. So I felt my printmaking skills were quite behind where they should be for a degree show kind of standard. Mm. I also... No fault of your own. Like, it just wasn't The world shut down. Yeah. (laughs) So I said, me too. Yeah. Um, But during... um, During the pandemic, I took a lot of the processes I was doing in college and turned them into 
like nearly manual processes. So mm. CMYK printmaking, where you print four layers of cyan, magenta, yellow, and black through a machine, essentially. It's a very mechanical process. Mm. And from home, we still had to do college work and submit assignments mm. and work to be graded and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I took all of those processes that I really liked and t- turned them into a more natural approach. Mm. So did everything by hand. So I did CMYK, like pointillism paintings and all of this. Mm. So then I kind of still had that in my head, tried to do it in fourth year, realised, oh my God, I feel like I've graduated and I'm trapped in <laughs> like a cell essentially. Oh God. So I took a huge step back from college. Mm. I just worked throughout all of fourth year until it came time for the end where you have to have work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought back on that experience of turning the mechanical into a natural process. Mm. So my degree show was all about the theatre of printmaking mm. in a sense. It was turning the mechanical elements of print into natural processes using just my hands and my body to mimic loading a screen with emulsion, mm. mixing ink, putting ink through a screen. Mm-hmm. It was based in performance, costume making, photography. Mm. I had one print because I was getting my printmaking degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I will include one for you all. <laughs> so I did the performative aspect of printmaking. Part of that display was a wooden palette and in the Limerick School of Art and Design we all stand on wooden pallets when we're screen printing because they're underneath the bed so it mm-hmm. gives you a bit of height. Yeah, except the tall people. Except the tall people. Couldn't be me. Yeah. yeah. I probably <laughs> didn't me. need it to be you fair but I liked it. Yes. Oh I don't. It made me feel like ooh I'm on a stage. <laughs> See that's why I hate it. <laughs> Like, that's I'm why scared. your work is so, I love it, because it's like, yeah. oh, it's so, like, I, I feel like it makes so much sense. I was just about to say. So, I feel like it's so uncomfortable coming back, and then you're, like, thrown into, like, you have a degree show. Yeah. And finally, mm. this we're starting back again, and it's like, oh, wow, great. Can't <laughs> like, wait. Guess, like, all these things I didn't learn, like, ah, yeah. like, thanks so much. Wow. Like, it's weird. It's probably, like, a whole mix of feelings. Yeah, there was a huge effort put on what is your plan after college as well by our mm. tutors, which, of course, they're helping you like yeah. progress yeah. further beyond college and education. Mm. But I n- never thought I felt like an artist. Mm. And then coming back to that college environment, mm. it like sucked all of the will to be an artist out of me. Yeah. So I said, why not play the character or the like, why not perform as an artist? Mm. So that's why it kind of led more into performance and costuming and the world of theatre, mm-hmm. um, in a sense. But I also had a big love for kind of community-driven projects mm. and working with people. Mm. So I did a curatorial project and presentation within my degree show space. The 2022 graduates were the first year in two years to get a physical degree show open mm. to the public yeah. in the college. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like didn't sit right with me. Mm. I wanted to do something to pay tribute to the printmakers and students who came before me, mm-hmm. especially because they were my biggest influences within learning printmaking and exploring mm. art as a creative field. So I put out a call to put the 2020 and 2021 printmaking students work within my degree show. So I 
brought a drying rack from the print studio up, put it in the room, put their work on the drying rack and installed it. I wrote a statement about the project because I wanted to pay tribute to them because mm -hmm. they were as much of the print studio as I was as the technicians were as anything. Mm -hmm. Um. So... Yeah, and they didn't get to have a degree show. Yeah. 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 And I kind of felt bad about that. Uh, yeah. I was like, why me? Why not them? Yeah. Mm. So, and I, again, not feeling like the artist was like, these are the artists. Mm. They are pursuing a career in art. Mm. They didn't get a chance to show to the public. So why not show them? Yeah. So, yeah. I remember that was the first degree show I went to. Obviously, I was in first year when you were in final year. So that was the summer of me transferring over into print and I remember being really impacted by that and being like there's such a community to this discipline and it was really really lovely to see because oh, it was you. the only the only discipline in the college that had paid any attention to the people that had left and yeah um, which wouldn't be an easy thing to do because like you know like it's supposed to be your degree show and then I'm sure there's always like, gonna be people who mm -hmm. are like eh. I don't know I feel like there'll be people who are like yeah it's this your is work. your work so yeah 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 don't involve you get the people, chance or... so use it yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for me that was my work yeah. including other people mm -hmm. showing Part other it, artists yeah. mm -hmm. i'd spent a lot of my college mm -hmm. education time working outside of the college in the local art scene yeah. mm. so that was my artistic practice True to you. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. so I was finding some way to get that in there. Yeah, you were um, a worker in college. Like you, you did so much, even with art, and um, didn't you work with Eva at some stage? And yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I kind of worked in different capacities of local art, um, festivals or projects or exhibitions. And from first to fourth year, I knew pretty early I wasn't going to be the artist in the spotlight, but I wanted to spotlight other artists. Mm -hmm. Even in my class group, I wanted us all to have a chance to be seen, be shown and work mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. um, so, but my class group were amazing for collaborative projects. Mm -hmm. um, so we did a book making project where we made four zines in lockdown because we wanted that atmosphere of a studio still. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have the physical space because we were working from home. So we made four zines together. Um, I worked for Peak Show Exhibitions, which was a Limerick project. I worked for Eve International. Yeah, those other bits here and there. But I kind of wanted to work in the field as much as I could mm -hmm. in college so that I knew what I was getting into after college. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. Crazy. Like, it's, it's like crazy <laughs> because you're doing college, but then you're also doing these other things and then also have a job like to make money throughout yeah. it as well to fund college. That was like your own drive to you know what I mean like for after college yeah it was yeah, I knew it was I wanted all, yeah I wanted to pursue a career in mm. the arts world yeah so you're quite forward thinking that way because I, mm. I feel like a lot of people aren't I mean they are but yeah no I get I what you know. mean I think yeah I wanted to learn and soak up as much as I could so that yeah. I could like pay that forward when I got the chance to do something with people mm-hmm yeah but so, for yeah. me, you stood out to me in that way because I just felt like you were, I don't know, I didn't meet many people like you. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I remember my first introduction to your work being the slide projector in the hallway. Yes. Yeah. I actually was thinking about this recently. Uh -huh. I think I like met you and Marie actually oh, yeah. by the library. 
and you both were like, oh, I saw your display. It's amazing. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the compliments. It was so yeah. cool. Because I always had an interest in film, but I never actually worked a slide projector. And I just loved the whole tactile aspect of it and the sound of it. And the, yeah. It was really lovely. Um, I really love darkroom photography as well. Um, could never really get into digital. I mm. think it's just like, I love to work with my hands. I love the idea of an artist's artifact is what one of the technicians called it. Mm. Um, it's where you can see the hands of artists in the work that they do. Mm -hmm. So with film photography, in development, in taking the photo, whatever the process is or whatever stage of the process you're at, you can mess up something. You can yeah. get dust mm -hmm. on your film. You can get scratches. Mm -hmm. You can rip your film. And I loved all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got the chance to do the slide projector, that was a real big turning point for my fourth year mm. studies. It was when I finally decided, okay, I'm getting a degree. I'll put in a bit of effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was yeah. a huge, like, it really was turned. It a turning point, yeah. It really turned my mm. artistic practice from mm. nothing into, oh, I love what I'm doing again. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. It's yeah. mm. really nice. Yeah, I feel like, oh God, I can't just, I just try to put myself in those shoes and I don't even want to put myself in those <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I try not to, I don't want to do that. Like, but you know, when, when you, yeah, you guys, your year that had to go back in to college again, have like, a fourth year, it's yeah. insane. Because even if you just have a regular fourth, like my year was the second year after it. And even that, I was like, well, <laughs> we were like, still yeah. affected in some way. Everybody um, got affected by it, yeah. for sure. Um, We all as a class group just felt a little bit behind where we should be mm -hmm. as fourth years in printmaking in a very like technically driven subject yeah. mm. so by the end of it a lot of us were not doing printmaking as our output yeah. we did video and photography mm. because it was work that we could do and produce from home mm -hmm. um and printmaking was kind of too difficult to do at home mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we wanted to talk about um the performance workshop that you did and how that influenced yeah um, was that final year that you did it yes well i actually did one outside of the college before mm. christmas so i did one in dance limerick a local dance company mm. who were doing workshops they had two artists who are a duo um jonathan burrows and matteo fergion i think is how you say his name doing a three-day workshop that a friend of mine recommended to me to go. And they were like, oh, I might go as well. They didn't go. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Scary. Yeah, so I showed up and we all did the introductions of, like on the first day. They were like, this is who we are. This is our practice. One of them worked primarily in sound and one worked primarily in performance. Mm -hmm. And they came together to like blend both worlds. Mm -hmm. I was the only non-dancer there. <laughs> Because it like it yeah. was ran by Dance Limerick, they are yeah. a dance company, so it yeah. makes sense. But it got to me, and I was like, I'm a visual artist, but I like to learn, <laughs> so I'm here. Um, it was a really intense three days. The first day was learning how to play a keyboard <laughs> that they gave us. There was a little, just you know, like toy, cute keyboards yeah. with all the like, yeah. you can make it sound like drums or yeah. trombone or whatever. Or the one that's like, oh yeah. Yeah, literally <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Um, they gave us all one of those to practice making music on. Oh. Then we had to learn how to write poetry and then we had mm -hmm. to learn how to do movement. And then the second day was 
doing a little showcase like amongst ourselves of our poetry and our performance work mm-hmm. and then learning somebody else's choreography and blending the two pieces together mm. so you would sequence it so that it was like their poem your movement mm. their movement your movement your poem yeah like a b a b c something and then the third day was kind of finalizing your own presentation and then again working with somebody different to structure a new piece Mm. and then fast forward to after christmas my tutors knew that i did that workshop i could not shut up about it (laughs) because it was so fun and something so different from what i had seen offered in the college so far Mm -hmm. Um, and they had said, Amanda Coogan's coming in, amazing performance artist. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do her workshop? So I said, yeah, why not? Um, and luckily, somebody else in printmaking was also forced to do it with me. <laughs> <laughs> so we Alone. both... Yeah. But there was also like sculpture students. Like we had friends yeah. in there. Yeah. It yeah. was, I think, primarily third and fourth year students. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a two-day workshop with her where... We learned movement and then we recorded a final piece essentially. It might have been three days, I can't remember. Oh, it was so busy. But it was really amazing. Mm. And it kinda between the two Mm. made me realise what movement and performance art could be Mm -hmm. within my work. I really wanna do performance stuff. I do recommend it. It's kinda crazy and scary. It doesn't end. As somebody who's still, yeah. <laughs> I've done performance, like in college. In, <laughs> yeah, it like performance gets inside your brain. Mm. If you have that inkling, though, just go for it. Try yeah. it. We spoke about it with Quillen as well, and it's just like I want someone to hold my hand and do it with me, which is why I'd love for a workshop to yeah. be done in it that I could get dip my toe in. And then... Well, our workshop was in like January, February, so there might be one. I'm just crossing my fingers. Yeah. I need to start asking around. Keep your ear to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I see anything in Dance Limerick, I like oh, keep up with yeah. them as well. So if mm. I see anything, that'll be cool. I'll yeah. send and you're it like, on Hi, to you. I am a visual artist, just like my, my friend here before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you to come with me, and I'm scared. <laughs> Where is the piano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the exact oh, yeah. same workshop. Oh, you do great. Oh, yeah, true, actually. Yeah. If it was the same, but yeah. Yeah, I had no experience in... I tried to learn an instrument when I was younger, couldn't do it. Tried to write poetry, couldn't do it. <laughs> I did a lot of, like, theatre and yeah. shows, like mm. I said, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I had a bit of movement. Yeah. But um, not the kind of movement that they were looking for. Mm. So it was, again, a whole new learning curve. Yeah. But, but like in a different life you would be a dancer so oh my god yeah. if, if i had the skills i would be on broadway today <laughs> if we could do oh. it all over again <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten vocal lessons as a child <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. theater glory yeah yeah a child star that is my dream <laughs> well maybe not a child maybe star. not a child star yeah, yeah, yeah i just yeah, wanted yeah. to do theater yeah. and musical theater in particular yeah. but i have so little of the skills that i can't <laughs> do you have a favorite musical Yes. I probably won't know it, but... Oh, um, a Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the more common ones, but I really like it. I did the sets for my secondary school's production of Little Shop of Horrors. Ooh. And we to make, in that um, musical, there is a man-eating plant, and it is called Audrey too. 
and it grows from like a little hand puppet into something that takes up like a third of the stage size Aww. puppet. So we made those puppets and ever since then I was like, this is where I belong. <laughs> this is my dream. That is so cool. <laughs> oh my god. Shout out to Audrey too. Puppet, like. Yeah, shout out to Audrey too. The big star. <laughs> have a good interest in a big interest in theater yeah do you have any like favorites or people who influenced you um theater wise or just like artists yeah in terms of like artists that inspire me also some theater practitioners Mm. not maybe musical theater realm but um general theater work Mm. samuel beckett is a huge Mm. inspiration to my work he does the theatre of the absurd, which is kind of like weird, mm. surrealist, dreamlike kind of theatre productions where there is a lot of repetition, weird costuming and like funky mm. colours and mm. stuff like that. So he would probably be one. Mm. Um, Andrew Vickery was in a Emma show um, when I was in fourth year that I got to see and he built a miniature maquette of a theatre with a slide projector in it. Mm. It was just Amazing. very... It was so stunning. So good. Um, so I saw that like a month into fourth year and said, oh, he's stolen my degree show. <laughs> um, cool. And then I said, oh, I'm not an artist. I'll drop it. <laughs> Been done. Yeah. I have no creative ideas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but it just led on to other things. Mm. Obviously, Amanda Coogan and Jonathan Burroughs and Matteo Fagian impacted yeah. my kind of practice mm-hmm. um, in terms of performance and care Mm. sequencing of work Mm. kind of also inspired by old Grecian theatre and particularly old comedies which were again like surrealism um making jokes about the world around you Mm. kind of shows Mm. um so I guess Grecian theatre too (laughs) Um, shout out to them shout out to to the old Greeks (laughs) Um, Some of my biggest inspirations, though, are still and have always been the people around me. Mm. Um, when I was in first year in LSAD, an uh, artist called Sorcia Ryder, who's based in Dublin now, was in printmaking in second year at the time. Mm. Came into my studio and said, this used to be my desk. And then brought <laughs> me into her printmaking second year studio oh, and showed me her work. Wow. And I have been obsessed with her ever since then. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Um, still am today. Um Lately, Fiona Gordon, who I got to work with recently through Eva, but is a artist graduate of um, sculpture in LSAD, based in Limerick. Um, but a lot of like my friends, the people I surround myself with, people I went to college with, yeah. they're kind of my like biggest inspirations. Mm. Um, my art teacher in secondary school. That makes school. sense for you anyway, because growing up in your friend. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god. You know, doesn't oh. it make a lot of sense? <laughs> So I just love to adore the people around me. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I never put that together. And your, what was your friend? And then the other one was Peter, is it? Or is yeah, it actor. Yeah, yeah, actor. And I was it's really a big there. fan of... Mm. It all stems back to childhood, guys. It does. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, it does. <laughs> but that's good. That's good. Yeah, no, I just... I love the people around me. And I find yeah. them really inspiring. I love everyday life. Mm. So it makes sense that any activity that I do or the people I surround myself with yeah. are kind of linked into my practice or influence mm-hmm. for what I do. We're all mm-hmm. like sponges. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's good. I'd like to be a sponge. Yeah. Yeah. Just learn everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
quick shout out as well to uh I'm trying to get more into theater based work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like expanding on my degree show I guess mm-hmm. um rather than just solo movements like bigger productions mm. um I recently saw a show that was a part of Dublin Theatre Festival mm-hmm. um by Sean Dunn it was called This Solution um mm-hmm. and it was choreographed by an artist called Jessie Thompson mm-hmm. um and she is phenomenal I highly recommend people check out her work I'm pretty sure it's based in Dublin but has worked with musical artists to do music videos has mm. choreographed mm. this stage production her work I've been finding really inspiring lately I just really love her approach to movement um I've always been attracted to m- bodies moving and weird kind of like visuals mm-hmm. so this show in particular was a lot of strobing lights and sharp movement the show the solution was about uh Irish man's experience with the gay porn industry but mm. told through a private dance class so oh. the staging Oh, I could go on about this forever. The stage was like a dance studio. So there's a whole wall of mirrors with a dance like floor, essentially, mm-hmm. and a series of lockers at one side of it. And then halfway through the show, you saw the other side of the mirror because it was a two way <gasps> mirror. And behind was the like porn studio set. Oh. And it was just Crazy. phenomenal. Oh. oh, it was so good. I love Sean Dunn's work actually as well. Has done a lot of theatre and acting work. Mm-hmm. People may know his face from Emmerdale. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, but is a like practicing artist as well. Tell us, cool. Um, it's incredible. Shout out. Yeah, wow, that's so nice. I love it when you have a uh, something that influences you. Because obviously, yes, like you finish college and it's like, cool. But then afterwards, it's a whole other thing. Oh, um, it's yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. But it's not always mm. bad. I was going to ask you about your experience after college and like your transition out of college. Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of weird. It was a bit rocky. Um, In terms of artistic practice, I took the I'm not an artist to heart and I did no, I didn't create art mm. until probably... Probably nine months after graduating. Mm. I did, however, start a curatorial collective, like cultural production collective in Limerick called the Ublack Collective. Mm-hmm. So I still wanted to be involved in art, but leaning into the behind the scenes work that I did, I really wanted to kind of develop on... Mm. Your interest in like... Curation, curation and yeah. mm-hmm. all of that. Like my degree show section where I displayed the drying rack of prints from previous printmaking students mm-hmm. I think um, you really like to work with people as well so I love a bit of people the collective mm-hmm. is like great for you yeah so. and we all have like we're all mm-hmm. very different in terms of what we do as individuals like mm-hmm. I would consider myself a curator and a researcher primarily mm-hmm. Adela Passas is another member of the collective and she is a like artist full-time essentially does curation does research does like we all wear all of the hats yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then Cormac Dillon is a cultural producer, festival maker, graffiti artist, mm-hmm. works in the college, yeah. does mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, I think um, all of you are like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we actually talked about that recently where we never know how to introduce each other because mm. there's too many things. Too many things you're doing, like you don't want to undersell anybody. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you just have to have the confidence of yeah. like, this is so and, and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I wanted to continue working within the art realm, so 
we set up a curatorial collective and then a month later our first show was in August I believe of 2022 mm-hmm. in the Sailor's Home which we lost that building recently very sad mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to build something in Limerick to provide a space for artists to showcase their work mm-hmm. we all have very different skills and wanted to be able to share that as well so we were working towards the idea that it's one for all and all for one. If one person rises, we all rise. Mm-hmm. So we were gonna do, we did do shows mm-hmm. um, and brought people in to help us install and deinstall and see kind of our process. If you were interested in express interest, we'd invite you in. Mm-hmm. If we had the space and the show and the time and try and give back as much as we could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, thank you. Great. We did, and it's still happening. So. Yeah, we're yeah. still active. Yeah. Um, we did three shows in total. Mm-hmm. We commissioned a performance at our last show. Mm-hmm. And then since that show, Sailor's Home has burnt down, sadly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Limerick is quite limited in terms of its spaces for art display. So yeah. we're trying to work on different projects until we find somewhere that does suit our style of mm-hmm. producing. Yeah shows mm-hmm. fills the sailor's home shaped hole yeah, yeah exactly it was a real knock to limerick so mm-hmm. but less sadness but we don't want to. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah i didn't really do my own artistic practice until i forced one of my friends to apply for a show and they said i'll only apply if you apply so we were both applying for a performance show day mcgee another LSAD graduate, phenomenal artist, was curating a performance festival called Livestock Live in Mert Gallery. And I got in to the show to do a performance. And so sorry, my friend, you did not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I then was nearly forced to reactivate an artistic practice. Mm. And it was a great... to work towards, like... uh, Yeah. Yeah. I just put in my degree show performance again, but removed all of the clutter from around me it was just me and the palette Mm -hmm. as a stage it taught me a lot redoing that performance in a new context Mm. with other performance artists and being able to talk about your work Mm. it showed me a lot about my own vision of performance art and practice Mm -hmm. for my outputs yeah what did you kind of take away from it or um i love the idea of endurance that's the word I think I in the degree show was doing my performance essentially having my little buggy it's not dancey at all (laughs) but in my head I'd be like woo little Mm -hmm. macarena movement (laughs) (laughs) um but then in this one in the livestock live show it was with other quite serious and established performance artists Mm -hmm. um and it was me and one other person who we were both like we are new to performance, we're scared, oh my god. Mm. But my work was the only one without audio and my performance work at the time was in complete silence. It was just hand movements. Mm-hmm. It forced the audience to like sit in their uncomfortability of you choose to watch me or you choose to zone out or whatever yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. And it nearly responds to that, like whatever the artist or the audience's reaction is determined my takeaway from the work mm-hmm. um so rather than an endurance test for me it's an endurance test for the audience Interesting. um yeah. again inspired mm. by like theater of the absurd mm. and theater of cruelty 
somebody who wrote really well about that is called Anthony Artaud. I think his book is called The Theatre and It's Double. Talks about stripping down performance and staging and theatre as just one person, the audience, whatever's happening between them. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that, the bounce between the dialogue. So Mm -hmm. I kind of lean into that. And I like that idea of like testing how long someone can sit and watch what you're doing. Scary to like strip back to the not to the basics but in some ways or like like silent and yeah that is terrifying oh i was so scared the first time i did it but um it was really fun and like in livestock live Mm -hmm. um about three minutes into my performance Mm -hmm. somebody who was sitting behind me and i thought that everybody would sit like outside of where i had placed Mm -hmm. the palette but Mm. you can't control an audience so there was one row of people against the wall behind me Mm. and one of the guys coughed and laughed Mm. and that was so tasty to me Mm. because I was like he's uncomfortable in he can't see the front of me he can't see my my movements well so he's just looking at the back of me looking up at me on the little palette Mm. it was just like a weird moment of oh, this is what it's all about. And then somebody else coughed at, like, the same movement for three different, like, iterations of my repetition. Mm. Like, this one is getting them. (laughs) I was like, he's clocked in. He's helping (laughs) me keep time. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I was um, listening to this interview with Paul Meskell. He talks a lot about creative restraint is how he refers to it. And it's, like, how the actor or the filmmaker holds back in order to give space for the audience to lean in and how it becomes that back and forth. And I love that term and I love the the idea. He describes it as like he wants the audience to be front-footed, which I like, in their response to the piece. And I think it allows space for emotion or maybe more conceptual areas to to shine when there's space given. I love that. Mm. The idea of like how much he's paying attention to the audience Mm -hmm. and how much they're involved in the work. Mm -hmm. That to me is like what makes work really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess he was trained in in theatre and the stage so it makes sense because oftentimes actors it's a camera that they're working with. It's difficult to have that consideration of an audience but I guess yeah he's trained in in theatre so it makes sense. Mm. Mm. Love that. We'll have to look into that. Like shout out to shout Paul Meskel. <laughs> <laughs> Future guest. Future guest. <laughs> Manifest it. It could come true. Yeah. Oh, how I'd love to pick his brains. Oh, You'll be God. another season finale. <laughs> season two. Season two. Manifesting. Oh, God. Um, not to go back to college too much, but just because you were talking about the Ublet Collective. Yes. You started the Exhibition Society. Do you feel like that? How did you start that? Um. So that started because Cormac Dillon, member of Ublek Collective, and I had worked together previously for Peak Show Exhibitions, mm-hmm. which was a 12-month-long project. They did four exhibitions in Limerick City. Mm-hmm. It happened in, I think, 2018 um, by Sarah Downing and Ellen Egan. And we worked together on the curatorial panel for one of those shows. I worked for three of peak shows shows in exhibition assistant and like install hand and Mm -hmm. 
tried to progress my way with them yeah. um, because they were really generous with their knowledge. I was in first year. I wanted to learn. See, Jen's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I gotta up my at home. This is no, not normal. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was just, it was a new city. I yeah. had never worked in arts really before besides like yeah. the school production sets. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me learn as much as I can. Mm-hmm. They came into the college, they did a talk to students saying, if you want to be involved, mm-hmm. here's how to get involved. If you want to show work, here's how to submit. Mm-hmm. They were really helpful in terms of explaining all of these new terms like open call, yeah. installation, curation, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, so I was eager to learn. Um, Cormac Dillon was two years above me in college, but we worked together for one of Peak Show's shows and both really respected what the girls were doing. Mm. And then when I was in fourth year, Cormac was working in the student union. It was actually, he approached me and said, you need to start the exhibition society. <laughs> and I said, oh, cool. Um, I'm in fourth year and I hate my life. <laughs> like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. um, which is, it did take a long time to kind of get the ball rolling with it. Our first show wasn't until the end of my fourth year essentially yeah. mm-hmm. maybe like February or March mm-hmm. because I wasn't committed to college I was working with Eve International for the first yeah. semester mm-hmm. I was working in a cafe I was busy, doing busy. I worked in Dublin for a while like I yeah. was mm-hmm. not in Limerick I was not in college no. No. um yeah. but we worked together to build the exhibition society because yeah. post-covid there was no exhibition season there was no shows really for students Mm -hmm. so we felt there was a gap missing Mm -hmm. we both experienced lsad's what it was known as exhibition season Mm -hmm. um which is every nearly every year nearly every discipline put on a show between like february and april as a little like exciting tease lead up to Mm -hmm. the fourth year's work Mm -hmm. so it'd be like second and third years of every discipline Mm. showcasing worker in Limerick but post-covid that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. so me and Cormac said we'll do something so we hosted an exhibition in the church gallery open submission open call to all the students and yeah we just said get people doing shows again mm-hmm. yeah. I also did shows with like my print studio group we did a zine in lockdown so we printed them on a large like running scale and presented it in an area of the college. We invited Kate's year group who did oh, a yeah. Rhizo poster zine mm-hmm. project as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like pretty cool zines. Made, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We made that in the lockdown as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of just like, let's get students work up on the walls again. Make print social again. Make print social <laughs> yes. again as well. Um, yeah. We just wanted people's work to be seen. Mm-hmm. So me and Cormac doing crazy things again (laughs) 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 trying to do something but that really did make such an impact on that year and years since i mean exhibition society still still going strong oh but like yes i started it or whatever co-founded whatever it's called (laughs) yeah yeah. um but absolute credit to the people who've taken it on since because they have made it bigger than I could have ever dreamed and they're mm. doing incredible things um, so really yeah. proud to see what it's grown into mm. that never would have happened if you didn't exactly. start it I mean it ma- I know that's not true it may have happened but you guys started it so that's 
We just want to be You're there first. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> History books. <laughs> no, 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 no. Every, it's, we all rise and no one rises. Credit yeah, to everybody know, who's ever been involved. <laughs> we had a lot of help as well. Like, Kate, you got involved in installation and helping put up work. We had a load of people from our year. And like that's the exhibition where I first cried over Emily Malloy's work. So Aww, I remember, big moment for I me. Remember. I remember you were like, "That's her." Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> "Ah!" Yeah. She's right. Like, stood beside I me. Remember, <laughs> yeah, I remember like telling Emily. Was Emily? Emily wasn't right there, was she? No, she wasn't. I, I met her after. Yeah. yeah, I think you told her, but we kind of like hinted or something to yes. her and she was like oh no I messaged, so her. I messaged her I messaged her but hadn't met her in person and then mm. we went to exhibition sock the following year and we're in a meeting together and then we were walking like side by side down the path to leave college and she was like it was you who messaged me about that and I was like yeah oh, those things mean so much to people though and yeah like and if, if it isn't for things like exhibition sock you wouldn't have those kind of interactions between people and that community yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. again it's all which about which makes it special you don't you don't anticipate those things you don't you can't you can't really expect those things those yeah. things just happen you hope because and, you've done something you hope and you pray yeah. that like a community will be built and people will learn more about other yeah. people in the college but um it's gotten better than we could have imagined like I said so the community mm. is back it's there it's mm. thriving yeah Hooray! <laughs> Everyone keep that are keeping it up, um, or that are continuing on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about more uh, about the Uber Collective at all, or no? I was gonna ask about like what your objectives are. Yeah. Um. So, we took a bit of a break, in terms of like meeting up and mm-hmm. continuously working together. Um. After our last show, mm-hmm. we did a lot with that last show we produced a mini riso publication we commissioned a performance piece from owen o'kelly recent graduate of lsad Mm. and we all individually were like okay i need a bit of a time to focus on what i'm doing because Mm. we all still like we're working other jobs we're doing other projects individually Mm. yeah so we do still want to produce shows and work with artists in the artistic community in Limerick. We want to essentially demystify cultural production between artists and audience. Mm. So we want to show the audience and like members of the public what the artistic community actually does. Mm -hmm. And by artistic community, it's anyone creative. You could be a writer, a musician, a graffiti artist, a visual artist, like a painter, a printmaker, a dancer. We want to work with culture within Limerick and showcase the talent that's in the city because not to toot our own horns but beep beep we're pretty good (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, i remember my mom came to the last one the last show that you had was it the lord hath commanded is that what that was called um but my ma i invited my mom i was like "Mm, come down to it um from leash oh shout out leash (laughs) (laughs) anyway like even my mom who's not really into like it's not that she's not into art but she's not surrounded by it we're very like involved with art and get to experience a lot of it which is very nice uh but there's quite a scene going on and my mom got to see it and she got to see the materials that were on the walls because you had an exhibition with the, the materials that the artists used to make the work like they could pick yeah so the last show was yeah. um 
a display of your piece of art and then a display of a tooler material that went into making that piece yeah. of art. And I remember my mum loving the descriptions as well because of the questions you asked. Yeah, we wanted she people... She thought that was so good. We were asking people to kind of write about their materials mm-hmm. or their process or what um, producing art means to them. Mm-hmm. So it kind of spoke to fellow artists in terms of mm-hmm. learning new processes or different ways of using materials as well as people who weren't artistically inclined to kind of see how something was made or mm-hmm. why somebody likes something so much mm-hmm. um, that's very really interesting thank you Kate's mom for coming yeah. <laughs> you got her really. I don't remember how I got her there but I, I mean she got herself there She I can't drive <laughs> um, so she drove herself there uh, Yeah. so we were talking about the transition from college into the outside art world maybe and you were involved with Ormston House and Eva as well if you want to talk about talk about that yeah cool in terms of moving beyond college I had a lot of fear internally and I saw a lot of fear from my year group as well as a collective we were coming out of a pandemic we didn't really have an example to look for what to do beyond college so I in fourth year you write a thesis ooh scary big essay (laughs) um but I chose to do my thesis on because of my experience in the Limerick art scene, people I had worked with in the Limerick art scene. Mm. So it was on self-starters and self-organisers in the artist-led spaces of Limerick. Mm-hmm. So I interviewed the people I worked with for Peak Show, Sarah Dowling and Ellen Negan. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a local artist, Courtney Sharos, who I worked with her for exhibitions and she was a performance artist. So I kind of knew her from around the scene. I worked with her for Eve International as well. Um, and then I interviewed Cayman Walsh, who works with Ormson. Mm-hmm. My goal at the beginning of fourth year for the thesis was to create a toolkit or like a guide of these are examples of people who graduated art college mm-hmm. are still working in the art field and this is what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, my thesis supervisor mm-hmm. said that's way too big of a project <laughs> please yep. change your idea <laughs> um but I I still wanted something out of it mm-hmm. so I wrote essentially about the Limerick art scene and how the artist-led scene in Limerick was so strong and why it was so strong mm-hmm. and what contributed to people being able to work within Limerick we have three active studio groups essentially mm-hmm. um Wickham Street Studios Spacecraft and James Street Studios there's also smaller in the city dispersed mm-hmm. groups working in rented units or rented spaces yeah. but I wanted to provide an example to my year group as well as I think to myself that you mm-hmm. could make it in the art world after mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. in some capacity mm-hmm. so I wrote that then applied for a residency that was kind of looking at working with other artist groups Mm -hmm. um, and other people who were in the artist-led scene. This residency was through Ormston House and got rejected from it. (laughs) (laughs) However, in my application, I spoke a lot about my thesis and why I thought the residency would be of benefit. Mm -hmm. And they asked me to call into them. And I had, before the pandemic, gotten onto the director to say, 
hi, I want to work for you. <laughs> In some capacity, voluntary work. Can yeah. we go for coffee? Can I learn more about you? Mm-hmm. Pandemic hit. And I said, you have enough to worry about. <laughs> I'll back off. <laughs> but they found out what I was doing my thesis on, artist-led spaces. And they told me they were doing a research project on the social impact and social value of artist-led initiatives, mm-hmm. which I didn't know what social value or impact was. It was a very new world for me Mm -hmm. it just seemed like buzzwords in terms of like Mm. how good are they Mm. but um I was invited on to the research project as a student researcher to explore artist-led spaces Mm. and initiatives at all scales and what their social value and social impact meant there was a good few of us on the project maybe like six or seven researchers in total but I was the youngest, I was the newest, I had very little experience in comparison, Mm. but I think that helped in terms of providing a new perspective from a young person working predominantly in a nomadic way. So I didn't Mm. have a physical studio space, Mm. I was like brand new to the scene. I had worked in collectives in college and beyond college with Ublek, but Again, never in a physical space. We just do pop-up shows, but that was it. Mm -hmm. This research project started in April, just before I finished college. Mm -hmm. So I was approached and Neve Brown, the person who got me involved, was like, you have a degree show in a month, (laughs) but do you want to do this research project? (laughs) And I said, of course. (laughs) Um, Only you. Only you would say yes. But it made sense with my thesis and my want for progression beyond college. So we made a research and a resource document that is available on Ormston House's website. Mm -hmm. If you Google Ormston House A Matter of Value or just A Matter of Value Limerick, it should come up. Mm -hmm. We got it physically printed as well to send to studio groups and artist initiatives, whether it be nomadic physical spaces like galleries or studio groups around the country around Europe to help them understand what social value means in terms of a artist-led space Mm. so in it there is definitions of what social value and social research is and there's surveys to help you kind of assess what work you are doing in your own initiative and with those surveys you can deduce where the value lies and how you are working towards your own strategic goals and stuff like that Mm. cool yeah like way beyond (laughs) way back when (laughs) i said i worked for eva as well Mm. in the summer between third and fourth year i worked in a voluntary capacity so eva international is ireland's largest Biennial of Contemporary Art. It's the largest visual arts exhibition in Ireland. Mm-hmm. It happens every two years across the city and county of Limerick. Um, but I began as a volunteer, almost like an invigilator for them, kind of talking with the public, making sure they navigated the space okay, talking about the artwork. And then I worked my way up to a venue manager. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, again, not in college. I spent essentially... 30 hours working for Eva Mm. during the weeks or during the days that I should be in college (laughs) (laughs) and so they said do I want more responsibility and I said yes of course give me whatever I would love to learn (laughs) Um, 
and so I did that and then beyond college I was approached again when the 40th edition was coming around so that was in 2023 Mm -hmm. they said do you want to be what used to be the volunteer coordinator and I said yes of course I will do anything (laughs) I want to work (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the arts so I jumped back in with Eva International and I became the engagement manager Mm -hmm. which used to be the volunteer coordinator but we rebranded the team because (laughs) no more voluntary work. Um, Um, It's paid positions, it's a paid training initiative mm -hmm. to work as an invigilator for Eva. Mm -hmm. Working with Eva International directly the year after I graduated college was an amazing experience because I wasn't even graduated a year and they offered me an opportunity to work Mm -hmm. full-time in the arts by volunteering with them previously and by working with them previously Mm -hmm. it gave them the assurance that fresh graduates know what we're doing Mm -hmm. the team this year was a lot of recent graduates Mm -hmm. myself 2022 graduate from printmaking Fiona Gordon 2021 graduate from sculpture Mm -hmm. Alva Drohan 2022 graduate from sculpture it was quite a young team. Mm. Paddy Critchley, 2021, I believe, graduate from painting. Mm. So the fact that they saw the individual work we had done and trusted us to work for them, providing space for other people, it was a great experience. Mm. Shout out to Eve International. Yay. <laughs> and Orson House. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing a mentorship with, do you want to say that or no? Oh, yeah. Again, shout out to Ormston House. They have an amazing team. So mm. I got agility funding this year, which means I got a bursary of money to pursue arts in my own career. Mm. I chose to go for it for curation and to develop that side of my work. Mm. So I have mentorship with Eve Brown, um, kind of ongoing. We're in quite early stages of it because I've been very busy working with Eva and doing Ublak projects. Neve has been busy helping so run nice. Ormston yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. so we're trying to get into it mm-hmm. but um, yeah I get the opportunity to explore with a local curator that I admire and have worked with previously what being a curator means what it could look mm-hmm. like for my future do you feel like that's your next step as in the mentorship yeah yeah I just wrapped up Eva International mm-hmm. it ended at the end of October and so I decided to allow myself for the first time ever time to not work for other people (laughs) Um, and just pursue my own projects. So I'm doing mentorship with Neve Brown. I'm applying to everything under the sun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think next steps are controversially, yes, I'm doing mentorship for curation, Mm -hmm. but I kind of like producing art again. Um, So I'm I'm gonna, I've been kind of building projects in my head that I'm putting into production and trying to make new work so that I have an artistic line of creation again yeah Mm -hmm. as well as doing curation I don't think that will ever stop Mm -hmm. even like I was doing an application for a residency recently Mm -hmm. and they were like do you want to work with other people and I was going through it with one of my friends the proposal that I was writing up Mm -hmm. and I had listed maybe four people that I wanted to work with and they were like you're the person doing this residency. Mm. Get into it first and then see who you want to work with. Don't just like bring everyone with you along. Bring everyone and my dog. Like if I had a dog, bring it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So. I feel like making art sometimes is quite like a performance and it's 
hard and singing mm-hmm. yeah, and same with sure. curation I feel like it's quite a performance too because it's all these movements and actions that go into it yeah my performance yeah. is based in like the breakdown of the movements of an artist yeah. mm-hmm. or even yeah. like a person's process mm-hmm. um so in... I'm really happy though that you're gonna you're doing get back to the art practice oh, as well you. you know I know you're still yeah. you're always I feel like we're always kind of doing it in our head anyway <laughs> Oh, for yeah. sure. It never stops. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've been like thinking about essentially the project that I'm working yeah. on right now since mm. the slide film presentation that I did mm. in wow. January of my final year of college. Mm-hmm. It was about identity and I was struggling again with being an artist, focusing on theatre as a huge influence of my project. Mm-hmm. I just decided to like take down and put up my hair over and over again and then took photos on 35 millimeter film developed it projected them Mm. onto a mirror Mm. so that idea of like performance of identity and performance of actions of somebody's career or form of presentation Mm -hmm. um, has always been like a wiggling worm in my head that's Mm. like running around Mm -hmm. yeah this is we'll see what happens i may have this rant about art practice and then never do anything about it (laughs) but no i have like Mm -hmm. i have the ideas i've started to make stuff for it it's out there now so we can't take it back oh my god (laughs) (laughs) don't hold me accountable guys edit that out (laughs) (laughs) no i'm excited yeah mentorship with curation pursuing arts practice again Mm. figuring out what i want to do yeah i'm Mm. one year graduated and i it's crazy to me, like <laughs> I know it's, it oh feels God. like a lifetime but I feel like I've done a lot as well mm-hmm. so I want to now take time to reflect on all of that mm-hmm. you're oh, very, very um very good at allowing yourself to be curious and let it lead you which is very inspiring oh good it is so real you need time to pause and reflect mm-hmm. and think about what you've done and what you're doing and Mm -hmm. the active ideas in your head yeah it's as productive i think as the making of the actual work to yeah absolutely so we have maybe one more question because one of the questions was any favorite moment from your journey so far but i feel like you that would be a big question and like do you have an answer for that i think i actually do you do okay so i'll ask it then because then there's two yeah. The penultimate question. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Learn that word from Des McBain. <laughs> Shout out to Des. Genuinely. Um, yeah, I was like, what is that? Um, so, are there any favourite moments from your journey so far that you want to talk about? I think this, it's going to sound kind of broad, but this whole last year mm. has been quite an intense period. Mm-hmm. It's been my first year outside of education to pursue stuff. Mm -hmm. But within that last year, I had the opportunity to work with one of my really great friends and um, artist Aoife Doherty on her first solo show. Mm -hmm. Um, I was curator and kind of like mentor, story builder. I don't know. We still like we will sit down and talk about it and we never find a way of describing what we did during that period of working together. I remember speaking to you and being like, so I saw you uh, curating one of Aoife's shows and you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, Aoife fully produced all of the work and then 
together it was like I'd spend a lot of time with her in her studio and we'd go on walks or like go for coffees mm. and just talk about the project because mm-hmm. it was quite a personal one mm-hmm. so I wanted to be sensitive to that curating her solo show was a major highlight for me mm-hmm. I think so far in my artistic career it was my first time curating something as a solo curator rather than with a collective of people or with other people mm-hmm. looking back on it now it really framed my whole curation practice mm. I like was able to look at that and see how I work as a curator mm-hmm. and then look on previous projects and be like oh my god I've been doing it this whole time I've just never been mm. able to put words to it mm-hmm. so that has been a really big highlight yeah I also think the like pause period I'm on right now has been a highlight because mm. it's needed mm. it's needed it's also given me so much like gratitude for the people around me the work I've done across the last year I think like being able to stop and look at what you're doing or what you have done like we've said is really important Mm -hmm. um and I'm like ending this year on a really grateful note for everything the (laughs) fact that I actually chose to pursue art and have the artistic community of Limerick around me and like wider artistic community around me Mm -hmm. um it's just it's a really nice feeling so I think right now the people around me the people I've worked with mm. um yeah probably two highlights Aoife Doherty shout out solo show <laughs> I never said it was called I must spell my words mm-hmm. um in spacecraft limerick mm-hmm. if anybody wants to check it out there's documentation somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah check Instagram <laughs> so Dylan our last question for you is do you have any advice or words of wisdom it could be something that someone else has given you or that you've kind of learned through your journey. Mm-hmm. I listened to Queen's episode mm-hmm. and started to think about this question as soon as I heard it being asked. Because I was like, that's going to be a question and I'm scared. Oh, it's a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really racked my brain to try and think of some like big answer. Mm-hmm. But again, with my period of reflection, I really learned that artists have nothing but their instinct trust your instinct Mm. trust your gut if you think something is worth pursuing or worth doing follow through with it in fourth year I was doing my project around being a fake artist and like the performativity of being an artist and the tutors did not like that (laughs) Mm. because it was nearly too meta which I completely get Yeah. Mm. yeah but I knew in my bones that that was the output I needed to have as a book note to college mm-hmm. um and if I hadn't trusted that instinct or that like gut feeling I wouldn't have essentially done everything I've done since mm-hmm. that, you can't just repress that either you have to express no. it like yeah. you yeah. can't yeah I think a lot of people though were like oh that's just a silly feeling but I've really learned in the last year mm-hmm. that that instinct is so key to who you are mm-hmm. your belief system yeah. so just trust it and reflective on everything that I do, find your community, build a community, learn to work with the people around you, not even from a networking perspective, but just we're all humans, we're all trying to get by, we're all trying to work together. So why not help each other out? If you have something to share, share it. Somebody will help you in the future. Mm-hmm. Karma is a great thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's such a, that's such so a cute good. answer. <laughs> I know back to community. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I love that question because I feel like people come on and they actually 
the what they say no matter what they say sometimes some people can say something and you might, it might start, start out sounding like I might give some advice and it might start, start sounding start sounding might start out sounding generic but it's not because and I, I that's from even just hearing the whole episode and then you end on something that fits, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like it really speaks to yeah. a person's being it does in mm-hmm. a sense. yeah mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Dylan, for coming on. Yeah, thank you both for having me. It's been really fun. Thanks for your time. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.